It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode originally titled The 85 Horsepower V4 Swarm Trap of the Future originally aired on Patreon on March 5th, 2020. <laughs> oh god, these names though. <laughs> Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. All right. Regular Hive Jive is done. Welcome, everybody, to the Hive Jive Junkie bonus episode where you never know what we might talk about or what might happen. That's for damn sure. (laughs) So, Ken and I just got to watch for the first time a couple of videos that have been posted out on Patreon, mainly poking fun at me. And uh, one of them, well, for you guys listening to this, would have come out Saturday morning. Uh, and uh, it is <laughs> it is Saturday morning. Well, yeah, yeah. Today is, but they'll be hearing this on Thursday. So we all saw it last Saturday. Yeah, yeah. yeah past okay. past Saturday morning, um, it came out, and it is a time lapse video of me doing a deeper dive presentation. And holy crap, I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, you always have. <laughs> I know, but I don't get to see that. I and I, as I say it, I actually start talking with my hands and pointing at myself. I don't get to see that. Um, but when you see it in fast forward motion in like a time lapse version, wow, that was just <laughs> lots. It was a flurry of hands everywhere. Yeah, it was. Um, and then there was the the time Time lapse out there. The other time lapse video that was released uh, the week prior, I believe, was me editing on stuff, and that is that was You're actually sweet. I wasn't asleep. I was in my PJs. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was actually going through working on uh, the that was prior to Patreon kicking off, working on the intros and exits and stuff for the new Patreon mm-hmm. intros and exits. And so that's kind of what that was, writing the scripts for them and then going through and getting that out there. But that's what those videos are. And hopefully you guys enjoy those. It's really fun. Like we just, we get a lot of stock cash footage and then we give it to the, everybody and say, here you go, <laughs> do something with it if you want to. Um, and some of it comes out with some some fun little poking fun at us things. But oh, I, um, got, I got in trouble yesterday. Oh, it would have been Friday last week. You did? Yeah, I put on my Facebook. I'm working on swarm traps and and nukes. Brett, come on, good old Brett. <laughs> and he says, "Ken, you're going. John's going. You're going to get in trouble with John. You're working on swarm traps and nukes." Yeah, but I'm not buying them. <laughs> this is true. I'm building them. You're building them. <laughs> and uh, that is a great segue to this random text message picture that you just sent me that you got from your son, from yeah. Max. Um, tell us what this is, Ken, in He's this picture. He's <laughs> building a, uh, a swarm trap out of an 85 horsepower it says Motor. 80, 85 horsepower V4 swarm trap. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's an outboard, outboard, outboard motor? It's, it's an outboard motor cover. It's the, I can't think of the ridge, what the, they call them, but it's the upper part, you know, what goes on top of an outboard motor. Yeah, it says it's a Johnson. Callen. It's an outboard motor Callen. 
That's what they call the the mm-hmm. casing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the it's literally the shell. So this is what Ken and Max have been up to. They they've been last week. I got a flurry of text messages and questions and <laughs> phone calls. Um, how can we do this? And if we do that, you know, we've got some extra boxes. We're gonna stack and we're gonna create swarm traps out of this. And I watched this video on that. But today. We're sitting here in the studio, and, and Ken's phone goes off, and he's like, what is my son doing now? And it's a picture of this motor casing, mm-hmm. and it's, it's like- Callan, motor Callan. 85 horsepower V4 swarm trap, mm-hmm. question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to make one of, we're going to have that. We may, and, and you never know, an 85 horse, those, those would be pretty pretty stout beast, but I think I have a <laughs> cowling off of a 200 horse, so we may have to make a 200 horse. So here would be my suggestions for you. You have to remember this and take this to Max because I'm pretty sure Max doesn't listen to the podcast. Well, so no, probably not. Um, I know he's not on Patreon, so so we'll say that. But uh, you're, you're going to want to first off definitely clean the inside of that. You don't want any motor fuel, anything that could have like it might have a little oil and gas yeah. in there. So you want to clean the inside of that really well because you don't Maybe want gearhead wants that oil and gas. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. gearhead wants that. But still. Honey clean that inside of that cover off really well and then take the cover so the cover is obviously setting so that if anything you know water and whatnot's going to run right. off and not go on the motor right but to use it as a swarm trap flip it upside down so the that the opening on is on the top the on. and yeah. put the wooden okay. lid on the top of that. that um it's the same concept as the swarm traps the the uh paper mache looking ones that mm-hmm. you get you want to like you see a lot of pictures of those attached horizontally to a tree and they actually need to be attached vertically mm-hmm. the flat part of it is what actually you want them to build the comb on. So you want that to be facing up. And this would be the same concept. You would take that motor casing and flip it upside down and put a board across the top, and then they can build their comb naturally off of that board. And then once you know that there's bees in there, well, then you just take the board off the top, flip it over, and you've got that comb right there, and you can go through and cut slices of it and put it onto a a rescue bar that we built and stick those into your different hives for your top bar hives. So that's a great way to get a natural swarm transferred into a top bar. You can also transfer it into a Langstroth. You can pop the foundation out of some of the frames and just have the wooden frame, and we can build a rescue bar hanger for those as well, and you can press it into that. I, I am not an advocate of the rubber band method. So anybody out there who's been looking at stuff and you've seen things on on YouTube and all that other stuff and people do the rubber band method, I did it when I first started. Yes, it's quick and yes, it's easy, but ultimately it sucks. The comb falls because the weight is going to pull the mm-hmm. comb down. Mm-hmm. It's going to sag. It's going to lean. It makes it, a, it's just a, it's a mess. If you use the rescue bar method, which for those of you out here on Patreon, you guys can go back and you can watch my training video. Well, if you are at the B Academy level, you can go watch the training video on how to build a rescue bar, and you can use that wire hanging apparatus to hang the weight of the comb at the top of the bar where it should be, or the top of the frame, and that would be a great way to do that. So yes, sir, you most certainly can attempt to build a swarm trap out of an 85 horsepower Yeah, but I'm not going to build it like he, like you just told me. What I'm going to do is put a telescoping lid on top of it i'll build a telescoping lid but it'll have a, a, a inner cover in there but and i will also build an langstroth in the inside that i can put my frames in you're putting way too much thought and effort into something that could just you be you want to started me thinking no so. no you could literally just slap a board on top <laughs> of that sucker make sure they have a hole to get in there and call it good well i think it's big enough to put a eight frame deep in there so that's probably what i'll do just set an eight frame deep in there 
Whatever. <laughs> you do you, man. Yep. I'll make it easy. I'll well, make no, it look good. You're though. making it. You're making it complicated. Is what nah. it sounds like to me. I would literally just use the container, flip it over, put a board on top. Uh, but see, do I do. Too. I do removals, so I am very adept and used to cutting comb off of a surface and reattaching it into you know what I want my mm-hmm. hive set, set up and structure to be. So instead of spending all the time and energy of trying to retrofit the inside of this and put frames around the edge or get it to hold frames. I would so much rather just stick a board on top of it, let them build on that board, and then flip that board over upside down, cut it off. It's so much easier. Okay. It's less work. Then I can put the board back in there and, and then again. have another swarm trap. That's right. Do it again. Okay. It'll, have, it'll the, have the smell. It'll have the smell. It'll have the pheromones, and it'll even okay. have the, the tracks of the wax. You can leave, you know, like half an inch of the where the comb was on the board, and that'll give them a, a starting point. It'll give that extra smell and pheromone. You'll have the wax in there. So it's actually not a bad idea so what you're saying is uh i can go in there take my skill saw set it real shallow cut it i can put three quarter inch plywood on top of it cut it just barely and then glue my popsicle sticks along (laughs) you don't need to do that (laughs) because it's a solid piece of wood the bees are going to build wherever they want to on it and you'll just cut it out and put in bars you really don't need to do all that but, I was going to make it long so I could take it and cut it and put it on the length, my deep my uh, pop bar hive. You can put it on anything no matter what. Okay. It doesn't matter. See, that's the, that's the cool thing about the rescue bar. Even if the comb is only like six inches long, mm-hmm. you can still put it on one of those rescue bars and they'll, they'll grow sure and build it up. make sure you find it fast enough. Well, even yeah. if you don't, you can trim it to fit. Okay. Again, when we do the removals, we have no control over what the bees have done. If they've been in there for five years and your comb is four foot long, Hmm? It still gets trimmed down into a piece just big enough to fit inside of the hive. I'm going to be, we found a lady that, we've known her forever, of course, Phyllis, but she used to raise bees and a bunch of bees and her husband passed away. Oh, it's been quite some time ago now. And she got out of the bee business and I got a feeling I know where all these bees are coming from. They're not, you know, they're not. We don't have the, yet, the Texas, no, the Africanized bees. Oh, that's bull crap. Well, I know, but, <laughs> but they're not as... Those genetics are spread throughout the well, state no of Texas. But now, as you as you go further north, like the panhandle of Texas, mm-hmm. where they actually truly have a, a, a heavier winter and things like that, mm-hmm. maybe not so much. Or maybe there's the genetic trace, but it's a tiny trace. Um, but for you guys over there, yes, you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be telling me, man, that rock hive and man, that trailer hive, they're a little well, feisty. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so you've but got those genetics not, in there. It's not like you go to Arizona or New Mexico. In southern New Mexico, it wouldn't be up in the mountains. Well, but Arizona, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to cut you off real quick there. So Les Crowder, he was the bee inspector for the state of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And when he came here to Texas and he tried to work our bees, he was like, oh, oh, your bees are a little feisty. Your your bees are a little hot. What the, over there? They have Africanized bees over there. Yeah, and he's he has worked with them. But when he came to Texas, he was like, oh. So, no, those other states' bees are not worse than our bees. That's no, because they're we're, Texas bees. We are you know, further south than they are. You know, we're, we're meaner. Yeah, well, but we're Always further. A little meaner. We're further south, and we were one of the the first places that got hit with it. We had those full blood genetics in there that hadn't necessarily been mixed up. Yeah. Okay. So it's you know, but no, I mean, don't don't try to. It's 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 not as bad as it sounds, but mm-hmm. it is here. 
and the genetics are here. And RBs, especially a little redheaded mutts, they are a little testy. Uh, now, granted, Les has been here now for several years, and he's really got acclimated to it, and he understands. And he still works his hives with his bare hands and does all that. He absolutely wears a veil, though. He always has a veil on. Oh, yeah. He doesn't doesn't go out without that. Um, but, you know, it's just that's just what it is. So I know that Max follows a lot of different forums, and there's uh, one. Facebook's the devil. <laughs> no, he don't. He don't follow <laughs> YouTube or none of that stuff. But, Facebook's the devil. <laughs> okay, but he also has. Uh, uh, he follows some stuff up, all a little southern from us, over around Kerrville, mm-hmm. and there's over there and in Lano too. They're more into raising the. The feral bees. The feral bees. Yeah, they say that they they do better in Texas. Blah blah blah. Well, they do, and that's that's kind of the whole point. Any anywhere you live, it doesn't matter where you're at. Your bees that you catch from, you know, a swarm or something like, like that. that. Yeah. Granted, unless that swarm just happens to have a color coded dot on the queen, which means it's a swarm from yeah. a managed hive. Um, but anywhere that you're at, the bees that have lived there for years and years and years. Mm-hmm are going to be more acclimated to your climate, your swings, the flows of that area, and know what to do better. If you bring in genetics from somewhere else, like Mm -hmm. if you bring in genetics from a queen in a northern state Mm -hmm. that has been raised to be very adaptive to what's going on up there, and you move her down here to Texas, or vice versa, you take a queen from Texas and you put her up in a northern state, it's not to say that they can't make it, but they may struggle for a little bit as that kind of evolves and, and they have to figure out what's going on because it's not what they're used to. I know some guys like that that married women from up north and they come down here now, they struggle. Oh, my. <laughs> Quit now. Did we really just go there? <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> but, Ta-da-da. Yeah, we were. Changing but, subjects. But uh, so, how about those raiders? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I don't even. It was just a whatever popped in my head. <laughs> Raider? Yeah, you're like her. Huh? Yeah, for me, it'd be more like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, <laughs> it would. Uh, it'd be an Indiana Jones reference, not a football reference. <laughs> no, I was sitting there. Did you see that wreck at NASCAR wreck at the Daytona 500? I did actually. I saw that on the news. That was insane. Wow. And he lived. Oh, yeah, he's lived, he, and he's walking around. He's out of the hospital just a few days afterwards. Yeah, but it looked, that was bad. That was a hell of a wreck. And he was in first position until that happened. Oh, yeah. That, like, like, he almost had it in the bag, and then bam. I mean, one wrap, lap off of having it in the bag. Wow. I mean, the car went up up in the air, hit the wall at 200 miles an hour, went in the air, car hit him, flipped him some more, and I'm sitting there. Yeah, he, he endowed, and then when it was all said and done, it ended up on the roof and sliding, and it was on fire, yeah. and like it was right. it was bad. I was pretty sure that that was going to be another, you know, kind of... But you know why I did why situation. I come into that? There was a swarm of bees flying above that car. No, there wasn't. <laughs> You know there are there are tons of posts out there on uh, you know swarm of bees follows lady blah blah oh, blah yeah. down the road oh, and yeah, and no. you know there's all these different things and some of it could be that the the queen you know like the swarm may have landed on the car and may have decided to try to go into are one you? of the cavities of the car and the queen's still there and as you drive off if you're driving at city speeds you know 20 miles an hour or less bees can fly up to 15 to 20 mile an hour so they're following you going wait come back and you know trying to find mom following those pheromones but other times you know there's there's been some there's a really cool photo of this old truck 
kind of setting out and abandoned. Mm-hmm. And inside, the truck was actually painted up real pretty and had this real awesome kind of custom paint job to it. Mm-hmm. But when they went through and they took off the fender, mm-hmm. the whole inside of the wheel well was a giant hive. And wow. it was like inside between the engine casing and the, the fender, it was in this wow. little cavity in there. Wow. And it was just solid comb and bees. And it was one of those, you could start that truck up and drive off, but uh, they were coming with you because the comb yeah. was in there. <laughs> uh, and then trucks like mine and yours i have you you just got bees all over it most of the time but i do then i have swarm commander in my yeah. truck and some people every one of them come by and i have to fly around it and check it out and then it go on see you know what we talked about on the main segment earlier this week um paula had sent in a thing about the guys doing the bee beards and, and having all that up on there mm-hmm. and you know ken's not doing a bee beard he's doing truck beards because yeah. he uh he has all the swarm commander he's for whatever reason he's left it in his truck instead of taking it in the house um i tried to tell you too like uh, with the heat and stuff that we have, mm-hmm. it's probably not as effective or not as good now. So if mm-hmm. you use it this year, it I may got not, lemongrass oil yeah, too. May not work as well, but uh, but yeah, he's left it in the truck. And so when we went and did those first inspections, and he was fresh out of the hospital, he couldn't get out there and lift the stuff and do anything with this. So he was in the truck. But every time I try to talk to him, the window was up, and I'm like, "Why do you keep rolling the window up? You're like 20 foot away. The bees aren't even trying to get Max and I right there at the hives, and you've got your windows rolled up." And he's like, "They keep trying to come in the truck." And then later he's like, "Hey, I figured out why. <laughs> I got swarm command." Oh. In here. Max has finally decided to wash his suit now. Well, he was picking on you about washing yours. Yeah, so. I felt well. I finally washed it. How many times have I been stung? But and then, but now they're coming after him now. So he he had to go wash. He had his. to go wash his suit too. Yeah, I wash my suit. Well, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing regular hive checks, you know, and I, I might go an entire week doing hive checks, mm-hmm. but as long as all the bees are nice and friendly, mm-hmm. the suit gets washed maybe once every week to two weeks, depending on how nasty the suit gets and what I've done. If it's just simple hive inspections, not that big a deal. If we run into something, though, where we've got to use a ton of smoke and the suit mm-hmm. smells really bad like smoke, that bothers me. So I go through yeah. and I'll, I'll wash the suit. If we're doing removals, they get washed after every single removal because you're covered in gunk, you're nasty, and you got a lot of pheromones on you. I don't really use the the leather gloves anymore, except for when we're working with the removal tools, mm-hmm. because you know if you're if you're doing you know a power saw or if you're doing any type of like sawzall or sledgehammer anything like that, um, we'll use the leather gloves then because we need that extra protection mm-hmm. and padding. But most of the time, I use the nitrile gloves because they they're always a neutral scent and you you don't have to worry about transmitting diseases because you take them off every time you're done kind of thing. So that's kind of how I go through and do my setup. On an odd side note, and you've mentioned this before on like what you put in your smoker, mm-hmm. some of it, if you use the grasses, really sets you off. Oh, grass sets me off. Yeah, well, I have started to notice more and more prevalently, I think I am building an intolerance to the smoke from the smoker because... Not all the time. If I light the smoker and it's just me and I'm out there and I just do like a gentle puff in the front of the hive Mm -hmm. and then I set it off to the side and I'm out of the smoke, I might come home smelling a little bit like a campfire, but it doesn't affect my sinuses. However, on the days that we have to use a ton of smoke or on days where the smoke keeps coming directly in my face, Mm -hmm. the next morning, every time I wake up feeling like I got hit by a truck, (laughs) I can't breathe. The whole front of my sinuses are just majorly congested. And for a little while, I was thinking it was, like you said, what I put in the smoker. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's grass. Sometimes it's leaves. Sometimes I've, I'll use the little smoker pellets. Um, sometimes it's bark off of a cedar tree. And I'm like, 
oh, well, it must have been what was in there. But really, I don't think it actually is. I think it is how much smoke directly hits me mm. in the face or how much smoke I inhale. It really pisses off my sinuses. And it's really not <laughs> cool because I don't like waking up feeling like that. And I already don't like smelling like smoke. And my whole family is like, no, it's okay. We, we like, it's not that bad. And we understand. And it does. You it smells like a fireman. It, it just, well, it smells like you've been around a campfire. Mm-hmm. But to me, now it's like, I don't like it. If I can smell it on my hands, if I can smell it in my hair, like I'll come home and immediately take a shower because I don't want to smell like smoke anymore. Mm. Um, but it, it's just, it's one of those things that, they you know. They don't call you smoky? Nope, not smoky. <laughs> not the bear. <laughs> it's just not me. Um, no, I don't know. I just, it, but it is something that's like, it's an unfortunate side effect because it does add a challenge to things. And the last one that happened was I had to go out. We have the youth scholarship program through the mm-hmm. local county club. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm no longer the president of the club, I had to carry over that. I was his mentor. So I had to go through and finish that last part of that. And uh, we were doing his final inspection, which he passed. He did great. His bees are still alive. Everything's going well. He passed his little quiz. But we went back through and we took a look at it. And he, he had the smoker lit and going. But he was on one side of the hive and I was on the other side of the hive. And the smoker was sitting behind it facing me. And it was just thick volumes of white smoke coming out of it. And they were all just coming straight onto me. So I was breathing it the entire time we did the inspection. Mm -hmm. There was a couple of times there was a thick enough waft of it that hit me that I actually like kind of got choked up and yeah, and couldn't talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, that next day, man, I woke up. Oh, my God, I was miserable. And then the day after was still iffy. Um, And it's all just from the smoke. So that that sucks to be developing that aspect. Um, Yeah, I just thought of something. Yeah. Of course, we're talking about smoke and everything, but, I, you know, we started talking about how I kind of brought it in was with my suits uh, or my suit. Uh, and I wonder how many beginning beekeepers are sitting there. Well, they talk about his suits. The, the bees don't like you. Now, tell them why, because... Each well, one it's of the them. pheromones. Yeah, it's the pheromones. Yeah, it's the pheromones. Well, this would be actually the target pheromone. Well, it's where the, they come it's target the sting. you. Yeah, it's the sting pheromone. Um, it can be both the sting pheromone and the alarm pheromone. This would be actually a great thing to be talking about on the main segment. Um, you know, more people would hear that. But well, then we'll um, talk about it on the main segment. Yeah, we can we can we bring can, that back up on a can, future episode. We're teasing it. Well, everybody listens no, to the main no, segment, yeah. but yeah, that's what we'll do. No, okay. but it, I mean that is exactly what it is, though. Is it's the pheromones from the colony, mm-hmm. both the alarm pheromone and the sting pheromone, especially on like leather gloves and stuff. You know, you get the propolis on your gloves, you get mm-hmm. pollen and wax on your gloves. If you accidentally squish a bee, you get those pheromones on your glove. Mm-hmm. But if the bees sting your hands, well, now you've got the sting pheromone on there. You can have the alarm pheromone on there. So there's these things that instantly incite a specific mm-hmm. reaction from your bees. And you'll notice when it gets really bad is like in Ken's case, um, one of the great examples of that was Ken... When when you and I and Max went out and we had those two hives, those mm-hmm. first two that you picked up oh, from the yeah, other people. The the the, the nuke. Yeah. The, the, the Max little. and I are right at ground zero. Yeah. We're literally shaking all the bees off of the frames so that they will reorient on a new hive because we're transferring everything into a new box. And they're coming at me. Ken is like twenty foot away. He went over to the back of the truck to get some things for us and come back. I don't remember if it was like a hive tool or something you had to go yeah. grab. And all of a sudden Ken yelps. And 20 foot away at the truck, they're over there trying to sting Ken, but yet Max and I are right there and they're not bugging us at all. And that was when he was first like, what's going on? But it was because his suit was so saturated in those smells that they were going for him instead of going Mm -hmm. for us because we smelled kind of neutral. And your, your gloves are the same way. You can open up a hive and you can take your hand and just very gently 
go across the top of that hive. Mm -hmm. And if there's pheromones on your glove, you will immediately see a reaction. The bees will kind of jump towards you. They'll all move real quickly in the direction of your hand. And it's not that you're moving fast because you want to go slowly, but it's because of the pheromones on your glove. And they smell that and they're like, oh, oh, oh. And if you turn around and you put on one of the nitrile gloves and you do the same thing, they're just kind of like, oh, what's that in the sky? You know, like they're, mm -hmm. it's a different reaction. So as those pheromones build on your suits or your gloves, you're taking with you whatever the ending stage was on your mm -hmm. last inspection okay. is now going to be your starting stage on your next inspection because you've and, got and, those. And, they get, and they're mean. They, it, does make them, them it does make them a little riled up. It yeah. absolutely does. Yeah. We're going to talk about this on the other segment. Yeah, we'll talk about it on the main show yeah. one of these days. Okay. Whenever you randomly bring it up and throw you it out of the field. <laughs> I, wrote my, I wrote myself a You note. made a note? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you find that note. Oh, da, yeah. Da, da. <laughs> you never can tell. Mm -hmm. And I'm not in trouble for making nuke boxes and swarm traps. Nope. No, that's... Because uh, I'm making them, I'm he's, not buying exactly, them. Exactly. He's, he is going through and he is repurposing found materials and things laying around out there on the docks and whatnot. So it is uh, that is not a bad deal to go through and, you know, reuse whatever you have, repurpose, reuse. That's always a good thing. So no no trouble there. Are those four-frame nuke boxes, are they going to be... They'll be handy. I'm going to have a bunch of them. They're not nuke boxes. What are they? Call no, they them? are. They're a four frame nuke box. Yeah, that's exactly are. what they're, they are. They're built on a ten frame. Well, that's brood box. that's separate. You're talking about the ones that go on top that are the individual boxes. I've got those two. Well, I know, but that, that's not what you're talking no. about. No. Okay. So the other hive boxes, it that's is a ten a frame box, and it's divided in middle, and it's yep. got an entrance on the left side facing yep. the front, and the right side mm -hmm. facing the back. Mm -hmm. And what it is is so you can raise two nukes in one ten frame box, and both mm -hmm. of those nukes end up being a four frame nuke. Yep. That's the. That's what it is. It is a. It's a nuke builder box kind of thing, mm -hmm. and those are going to be used exactly for that. We're going to okay. use those to do yeah. splits. Any of the splits that we initially do, we'll raise them in those boxes, and kind of it gives them a nice tight space. Mm -hmm. But it also gives them the heat from the the neighboring nuke right beside them on the other side of that wall. So it, yeah. it kind of yeah. helps them out. Now, what I thought you were talking about was those individual ones that go on top. We're going to stack those and we're making swarm traps, swarm traps out of right. Um, the whole point of those boxes was if you wanted to, you could raise additional frames up above so yeah, you could do you a could. double nuke. Mm -hmm. And that works because a little four-frame box, that's not going to give them very much space. And as they grow, you can put another little four-frame box on top of that. And those are separated as well, and it would work out just fine. That's what that's for. Or to use it to cover up the feeder because the the inner cover for those has two separate holes kind of catty corner from each other so you can feed each nuke on each side mm -hmm. uh, but no it, it all has a purpose and it all works but if you have a lot of them and we're not going to be using them yeah man yeah, take two of, of those yeah. two take two of the little individual nuke boxes mm -hmm. that are just the four frames singularly and stack those suckers up and make a eight frame tall mm -hmm. swarm trap mm -hmm. It's pretty much the same thing you see. That's one of the videos Max had seen mm -hmm. was building a swarm trap that's that is narrow and tall. And that actually kind of simulates the tree cavity. Yeah, he's sitting there building this thing, and I'm sitting there. Why are you cutting all this wood for? Oh, I'm making a swamp trap. That's just, that looks just like a eight frame turned on its side. Well, he says ten frame. I says okay, let's come with me. And I went down there. I said, look at all these boxes. Stack them. Oh, that's the same thing. Bingo. So yeah, so that's what we got. And uh, and. Uh, I guess that's uh, all I know of, and John's doing something. And no, John ain't doing nothing. Questions. Are we looking at uh, questions? Have we got 25 of them? <laughs> no. 
These are these are the ones that constantly come in on my phone from my consultation clients oh, okay. and stuff. Um, got a guy saying, and so this is one of the things that uh, that you got to be really careful about, and it's really hard when you go through and and do stuff. So I, I get a message from a a consultation client and also somebody who has bought nukes from me from the last like four years, three mm-hmm. years, um, and he says, "Hey John, I have a huge hive." Acting like it wants to swarm. I can't find any eggs, but there's lots of capped brood. Do you have a queen? Any hybrid queen would do. And you know, my response is no, no queens. It's too early for queens. I mean, we're we're not we're just no, coming into March. Looking at trying to get them out of yeah, Hawaii, yeah, yeah. Big Island queens. Yeah, and so my response was no. It's too early for queens. And then I said, define wanting to swarm. What signs are you seeing? Um, They're packing their bags. Well, but see, that's just it. I mean, I, I, I want to know what what are we referring to? Because if the colony is big and it has a large population, mm-hmm. but you're not seeing queen cups and you're not seeing swarm cells and you're not seeing stuff like that, mm-hmm. then how do you know they're wanting to swarm, quote unquote? You know, like I need to know the signs so that I know that you're basing it on legitimate things and not just like, oh, my God, there's a lot of bees. What do I do? Um I had a client tell me that in January, too. She said, hey, I need you to come out and help me split this hive. And I was like, we can't do that. Not it's, in January. No, I was like, it's it's fun. for one, it's way too yeah. early, and two, we don't have any queens, and there are no drones out there from the raise queens on, so we absolutely cannot do that. So now we're getting close. You know, some of your colonies have drones and yeah, are raising I saw drones. That one that you said was covered drone, and yep. it is. That it one is. back side of that frame is solid drones. Drone yeah. <clears throat> now they're they're coming. We're getting there. Like mid March, we should mm-hmm. be able to start doing that, but mm-hmm. we can't do it right now. Um, and sometimes I think it's panic. Right. Especially if you're a newer beekeeper or you're you're not an active beekeeper. There is a I have a lot of these types of individuals that I'll run into where they they pay for the consultation and training service. The whole point of that is to train you so that you can do it yourself. And I'm supposed to be there and help guide you on how to do something. But you're supposed to be learning and doing it. The other aspect of that is you're also supposed to be practicing when I'm not around. You're supposed to be doing your inspections, doing your stuff, doing research, watching your bees and finding out how everything goes. But some of them use it as a crutch and they they might as well just be paying for the hive management service instead of the training and consultation. Because what they do is anytime something needs done with their hive, they set an appointment with me to come out and help in air quotes. You need to put... Me as a, an assault, a con, insultant, a consultant. <laughs> Kid will be happy to come I by and insult you. I can teach them how to do porch, porch inspections. Now, can they already are, are avid porch beekeepers where they do front porch beekeeping yeah. and, and watch from oh, there? Oh, there's lots of bees coming um, out of that behind. Well, that's a good one. Don't worry about it then. Yeah. 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 That's uh, well, and, and, and what you tell me, which would just drives me insane sometimes is like, You'll come in one week or you'll call me up one day and you'll say, now that now the rock hive, man, they're just rocking and rolling. There's lots they of bees are. coming and going. And then two days later, you'll be like, well, I'm just not really sure about that rock hive. You know, there, there just wasn't very much activity out there. And I'm like, are you judging this on a day to day basis? And if so, did you take into consideration what's going on that day? But the ultimate question is, have you opened the hive? Nope. Well, no. <laughs> Why? What do you want to bother them for? Because <laughs> you can't you can't tell what's truly going on unless you open up the hive and look inside that is beekeeping guys beekeeping is not looking through an observation window beekeeping is opening the hive taking out the frames learning your bees patterns the ebb and flow of the colonies anyhow thank you guys so much um it is getting close to i have actually i've got to go teach a guy 
how to build top bar hives. You so, got these bar. Yeah, I have a, uh, yeah. a personal one-on-one training and consultation today that is going to be building a top bar hive. So I've got to go through and, and meet a gentleman for that. So, yes. What? Um, we'll build a swarm top bar traps. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, Max oh, built. Oh, I got a cough. <laughs> Max built one of them last year. Yeah, we're going to build several this year. Yeah. We're going to be putting out a bunch. Of, he, he wants to put a bunch of coat, swarms out. Coat the inside of those suckers with wax. Um, cut coat the inside of them with wax well, and the and the lemongrass and and get that into the wood and that'll help kind of attract, give it a good scent to really okay. make it smell like bees. Okay, sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, put them in the the hole inside of the or in the front on swarm trap. I prefer the side if it's a, if you're talking about a top bar. I yeah. prefer I prefer looking at it long ways. Putting it in one of the bottom corners on the, the well, the only way that I can describe it is because when you're looking at something like that, you're like, well, what is the front? Well, the front's wherever you put the entrance. So on the long part of it, mm-hmm. I call this the end caps, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the narrower part. But on the long part of it, I always put it on the bottom face of one of the long sides is where I put my entrance. I don't put it on the end cap. Um yeah, but it, like it's holes, personal preference. Or do you like the long? Why are you entrance? doing? Why are you doing way back there? Nobody can hear what you're saying. <laughs> do you like the holes or do you like the long entrance? I like the holes because I use the entrance discs. Yeah, and the long. Well, you have the good entrance. Yeah, uh, the reducer. The long slits don't really work too well with that, but the but a big round hole does. And the cool thing about the entrance disc is you can make like a two inch hole. Which is way too big, yeah. but you can use the entrance disc to then completely control the actual opening of that and, and how you go through and do stuff. So all kinds of fun things there. This has been another random bonus episode, uh, NASCAR edition. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, show off. I've got a hive it named after me. Oh, a top bar hive. We all do, actually. You and I and Les Crowder. Um, oh. I literally... We will definitely mention on the main segment one of these days, and I'm going to post those out on social media. But the downside is I have to find where the original message came in. That's I don't, why I brought this up, so that maybe she'll hear it. Yeah, but we're on Patreon. I don't know if she's a patron member. Oh. So, see, this is you're bringing up all these great ideas that need oh. to be on the main segment. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we did. We had a, a listener, I believe, actually from Australia, mm-hmm. who their young daughter had mm-hmm. went through, and she built two top bar hives, and... On one of them, it has Les Crowder, and on the other one, it has Ken Milam and John mm-hmm. Swan, or Ken and John, and mm-hmm. and those are her high. And I think one even says Hive Jive, possibly. But so she wrote on the the hives all this stuff, and I want to post it on social media, but I can't find the original message, so I don't know who to give photo credit to, and I want to be able to say, hey, so and so out there, and and this young lady, and and like all these wonderful things, but I can't find it. So I, I've got to go through. I mean, it could be on Instagram, mm-hmm. it could be Facebook, it could have been an email. Like I, heck, I don't know. <laughs> I've got to find it. Out. Yeah, we will. We, We'll figure it out. So, are you done setting me up, Ken? <laughs> Is there any other little tidbits oh, you want to throw if, out if there? If you're closing out, I'll see. I'll shut up now. <laughs> well, that's much but, appreciated, sir. <laughs> oh, so, now then. Um, all right, guys. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed, and we will be in touch shortly. So, until then. Y'all be good. Be safe. Be warm. Bye. We'll see y'all later, family. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.